0: Breath. Okay, we're up to the Mishnah and the Mishnah says, we've had this before, that if you have a woman who accepts Naziris and she breaks her Naziris by drinking wine or going to cemeteries, you get lashes. Okay, that's a double portion then the Mishnah says, If you have a woman who thinks she's a Nazir, but her husband revoked it, but she doesn't know that, and she doesn't care about nazirs so she's trying to break Nazir, she's drinking wine, again, from her perspective, she doesn't know that she's not a nazir. Thinks she, she thinks she's a an nazir, and she thinks she's breaking naziris. The halacha is, you don't get lashes. Because, while she might be attempting to break halacha, she's technically not a nazir, because the husband revoked it. That's the Tanakh Because the chiddush is, is of oh, the, the second opinion. Rav Yudah disagrees. He says, <laughs> Rav Yudah says, we're not going to give her lashes, we're going to give her rabbinic lashes. Why? Because she's attempting to violate the naziris so while she's technically not a naziris so we can't give her biblical lashes we should definitely give her rabbinic lashes you so you no so this is actually interesting so the gemara is going to now expound this and apply this to other areas of halacha Tan the pasuk says that if the husband revokes it then hashem shall forgive her so what is this referring to what forgiveness do you need if you've already been revoked from the Naziris? That the Gemara says, it's referring to this case, which is a woman who, her husband revoked the Naziris. She doesn't know that. She's trying to break the Naziris. The Prophet says, yes, lachla. she needs a Kapara. Again, maybe according to the Rav Yehuda, not a biblical Kapara, but, I mean, she, can't get this, but she needs a Kapara. Why? So you see from this concept that if a Jew does his best to break the Torah, even if technically it doesn't work out, it's not just like a machshava. He's actively trying to break the Torah, but Hashem, but 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 it's protecting him every single time. He's technically not. He still needs a kapar. Some aspect of kapar. The Gemara says, "Ukshay Magia would get to this pasuk. He used to cry, and he would say like this: Tla Kapara If this person who is trying to break the Torah but doesn't actively, meaning the result is he doesn't break the Torah, he still needs a kapara, right? Like a woman, she's the result is there's no aver, but she's trying. And she still needs a kapara for the trying to break the Torah. So says Rebbe Kiva, How the more so someone who needs a kapara who actually breaks the Torah. If that's how severe it is for just wanting to break the Torah, how much more so for someone who, who actually delivers on it, who actually does break the All the more so that you need a kapara. Now, so the first source that basically that there's a taina on someone for trying to break the Torah, is from the Naziris, okay? from our case. Now, the Gemara now says a similar drasha regarding an Oshem Tali. Now, an Oshem Tolly is you bring uh, bring a karbon for a doubt. Oshem Tali. Tali means it's up to debate of whether you did an issa. There's two examples of Oshem Tali. One, it's a sh- shayla, but there's two basic cases of Oshem Tali. One is you have a piece of meat in front of you, don't know whether it's kosher or not, and you eat it. So you have to bring a karban as an atonement. The second case of Hashem Tali is you have two pieces of meat in front of you. One's kosher, one's non-kosher, you don't know which one. Similar, again, they're both incredibly similar. They're both cases where you're, you, it's a doubt by the meat. Just one case is where there's one piece of meat you don't know if it's kosher or not. The second case is where there's two pieces of meat, one's kosher, one's non-kosher, you don't know which one is which. So the Gemara makes a drusha for each one to make this similar point. similarly, we find. The Pusik says that he doesn't know his sin and therefore he has to bring an atonement of Anashim Tali. It says the Gemara the following Musar Haskell. This person who, he's not trying to break the Torah. You see, the case of the woman, she's actively trying to break the Torah. This guy has one piece of meat. He wouldn't, He doesn't want to break the Torah. He's taking a risk. And it turns out, so for someone who doesn't even want to break the Torah, still, he has to bring an atonement. <laughs> the more so for someone who wants to break the Torah and breaks the Torah. You see, this guy breaks the Torah but he doesn't necessarily want to. He's not, he's not trying to, you know, upset Hashem. He's just, he like, wants a piece of meat. This is the meat that he has here. Maybe it's kosher, maybe it's not. So if he has to bring an atonement for someone who actively breaks the Torah with the kavona and the result, Allah has come of a come. Then the Gemara says the same exact drasha, but instead of one piece of meat, the case of two pieces of meat—one's kosher, one's not kosher—the same drasha. Ac ben Yehuda Omer v'le'ya de va'ashim. Even another pasuk describes an ashim talik. Umami mishnah is chav basit for a person who doesn't want to break the Torah kigon shtei The case is you have two pieces of meat. shuman. One of kosher, one has kosher fat, and one has non-kosher fat. and he still needs a kapara of an Hamashale Hamashave in More so for someone who actively tries to break the Torah, Alchaskamakami need a Khappara. And this should worry those that are careful and halacha, this is what they're worrying about. These these concepts of the Ahas Kamavakama for someone who is doesn't want to break the Torah, he still needs a kapara, kapachayim for someone who wants to break the Torah and actively breaks the Torah, kapachayim. So you have these three cases where you're learning out the severity of of your actions. One is the nazira. N- the n- she's trying to break the Torah and she's not actually because her husband revoked it. She still needs a kapara. Again, whatever that kapara is. You have the first case of Ashim Tali, which is one piece of meat, Safik is a Safik mutter. And then you have the third case, which is the case of Ashimtali, where it's two pieces of meat, one's kosher, one's non kosher. The Gemara says, Why do I need all three? Meaning, what, what's the chiddush of all three? The Gemara says, lamali. And You need them all. Why? Because if you just learned out the message from the woman who's a Nazira, If all you had the case was the woman who was a Nazira, you can't apply that to the other cases. Why? Over there, she wants to break the Torah. Like, that's her desired result. So of course she needs a Kapara, because that's her Ratzon. Her Ratzon is to break the Torah. She just happens to be due to technicalities. Her husband had revoked her vow without her knowledge, but she... Her rotzon is to break the Torah. The case of the the pieces of meat, the guy's rotzon is not to break the Torah. He just wants a piece of meat. He'd like to eat a steak. He he just doesn't know if it's kosher or non-kosher. But his rotzon is not to break the Torah. So maybe, perhaps, those people do not need a kapara. The Negemar says, And if you just had the pieces of meat and not the nazira, I would not be able to apply it to the nazira. Why? Because with the pieces of meat... Their rotsam may not have been to break the Torah, but there is Isser here. The case of the Nazira, there's actually no Iser there at all. It's just rotzone. In reality, she's not a Nazira at all. There is no Iser. Therefore, maybe she doesn't need a Kapara because maybe we don't we don't have a Taina on her rotzon. And if you just had the first two cases, I would not be able to apply to the third case. Again, the third case is you have two pieces of meat. One's kosher, one's non-kosher. That could be the worst, and maybe for that an Ashram Tali is not enough. Why? Because the case of the woman, there is no Iser there. Right? The case of the piece of meat, where it's one piece of meat, you don't know if it's kosher or not, you don't know whether there's an Iser here. The third case, there's Iser and non-kosher in front of you, for sure. You just don't know which one is which. So it could be because you know it's called Ikvi Surah, there's a, Iser was already established to be in this situation. You might think that because of that, the Ashram Tali is not enough. These three halachas all teach you the same thing: that you have to have a kapar for these uh, for these circumstances, and alchas kamav ekama for a person who, who wants to break the torah and actively does break the torah. Okay, now the gemara says like this: I'm The pasuk says, "Ki yisharim darki Hashem, the ways of Hashem are just." Right? Tzadikim go with them and the and the sinners stumble. So there's one way of the Torah. The Torah is describing there's one path that Tzadikim walk upright and rishon stumble. What, what is this referring to? So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says Yes, the Gemara says like this. Um, I just wanted to pause it. One second. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says it's so, a pasuk okay, fine. So the Gemara says like this: Marshal l'shnei B'nei adam, huh? Yeah. Marshal l'shnei B'nei adam. There was a different pasuk that the Neidebihuda used to make a play words, but it's not for now. Marshal l'shnei B'nei adam is a marshal for two people. I Meaning, what is this pasuk referring to? That tzaddikim walk upright, but the Shaim stumble. It's the following case: you have two people, is bischeiim. They both made a carbon Pesach. One eats it for the sake of the mitzvah, and one eats it because he's, uh, he's hungry. The, the Gemara is saying, the one who eats it for the sake of the mitzvah, that's a tzaddik who walks upright. The one who eats it, not because of the sake of the mitzvah, but because he's hungry, that's a sinner who stumbles. So it's, both, it's the same case, it's just one's eating it for the sake of the mitzvah, one's not. Okay. And the Gemara, and the point of the postak is to tell you that when you do a mitzvah, you should do it for the Kavana. Now here's the problem. Someone eats a karm pesach for the wrong sake, right? Not for the sake of the mitzvah. You're gonna call him a sinner. Poishlam you that a sinner stumbles. That's a bit uh that's a bit much for someone who's still doing the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara question on that? Yeah. I'm not sure maybe I missed it. Isn't isn't like pickle also that bad? So what what do you say? Isn't pigol if, if a Kohen is is doing the abodah without having the right in mind? But no, but the, but the the, the difference is no, but the difference is when a Kohen, yes pigle is a mindset that's true. But the difference is that so when a person, but when a person, when a Kohen <laughs> brings the carbon with the wrong mindset, it's an Isser of the Torah. There's no Isser of the Torah of eating a carbon Pesach because you're hungry. It's not aser from the Torah. Maybe it's a lost opportunity. Piggel, there's also an issue of thinking about women who are not dressed. I'm not saying that machshava can't be bad. I'm just saying that when the Torah says those are yisurim, a person eating a carbon pesach for the wrong intention, the Torah never says that that's aser. At worst, if you'd ask the Torah what's the severity, you lost out on the opportunity to omitzel shema. But to call that a sin, it's a bit much. There's no source for that. So the Gemara says... Uh, uh Amr Lerish Lakish, Harashikar Slei, that you call that a Rasha. Nahidulai Kaim Ovid, like him Ovid Mitzam and Amuv, Pesach Mikah Ovid. Yeah, he, maybe he didn't do the Karm Pesach in the best way, but he still was Mikah in the Mitzah. How could you call him a sinner? So the Gemara says, fine. So what is the Pesach referring to when it says that Sadikim are going to be protected, but Rasham are going to stumble? And Lamashal Shnebane Adam, Zet Ishto Vachoso Imo, Zet Ishtova Vachoso Imo, Lazen is Damalo Ishto, Vazen is Damino Achosa. Okay, so, yeah, this is, uh, as they say, this escalated quickly. You have two people uh, who are in a house. One ha- is, two people in two different houses. One person in his house, it's dark because they do not have candles, they do not have light. One person in his house has his wife and his sister. Another person in his house also has his wife and his sister. One, they both intend to do the mitzvah of living with their wives, of having intimacy with their wives. One ends up living with his wife, one ends up living with his sister, because the, the lights are off. And if, if they, I, I would assume the sister has to also be married, or else the sister should definitely know. But okay. Um, and the one, therefore, the one who lived with his wife is a tzaddik Yechubam. He's a tzaddik that Hashem protected. And the one who lived with his sister is a rasha. Okay, that, 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 that's fair. Now here's the problem though. The Gemara says, okay. we're looking for one case where they're both doing the same thing, one's a tzaddik and one's a sinner. You see, in the case of the carbon Pesach, we rejected it, but at least, they're both doing the exact same action, eating the carbon Pesach. Over here, what's the, what's the the what are they doing? One's living with his wife and one's, Living with his sister—that's not really the same. I, I understand, yes, the the circumstances that led to it were the same, which is they're both in the same house together. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the same action that has two different results. So the Gemara says, Ella The answer is it's comparable to light. Light is the example. The answer is his daughters, right? The daughters of Lloyd who lived with him, they were doing it for the sake of the mitzvah because they legitimately thought there was no other man on planet Earth. So there, it's the same action, but they're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. They're considered tzaddikim yelchuba because it's called an avera lishma, and he intended for the sake of an avera. He—he uh, didn't—he didn't—he uh, wasn't worth—he uh, didn't necessarily do it for the right reason. Uh, by the way, also, I mean, we're going to see. He was drunk, but I mean, I'm sure if you ask him, I don't think he was concerned that Avram Mavina was dead. But, but stop. He was. We'll see. There was a taina against him. What the taina? We'll see in a minute. So he's considered Rishon Risham, yeilchub, risham So that's considered a Russia stumbling over. Light is stumbling, but his daughters are tzaddikim. Now, the Gemara is assuming that Light had the wrong intention when they li- when he lived with his daughters. Now, before we get to the point that he was drunk, the Gemara just says, let's say he was sober. Well, not sober. He obviously wasn't sober. But let's say he wasn't blackout drunk. How do you know he wasn't meaning, what's your proof that Loit wasn't a good guy? That Loit was someone who, uh, who uh, was involved in Arias. So the Gemara says <laughs> The Gemara says that when Loit uh, looked up and he saw Sadoim, he went to Sadoim. The Gemara points out every word from that pasuk is referring to Arias that what he saw was arias and uh, promiscuity and each word from that pasuk is used in other psukim of tanakh to describe inappropriate things the pasuk says veisa loit i'll read you the pasuk section and then we'll see veisa loit they say now veisa kokikar yer davin kukulama shel vnesh kheis sham esedaim be samayrak gan that pasuk, every single word of that pasuk is referring to inappropriate things. It says, that's what Tisha Doinov is saying, that's the pasuk of the wife of uh, Ishpotifar uh regarding Yosef. S. Ainov, Ki Sharbaina, Vayar, Vyaroisim Shemechamar, Shem Sodina, As Kokikarayardin, Kibaad Ish Zona, Koki Karayardin, it's referring to Shimshin ki kula mashke, ilchahrim habenoisne lachme, umemit simri, upishti shmane, vishikuye, uh vishikuye. This is a pasuk in um um it's a pasuk in Hesheyah. You just uh, look at the, the translation for that Posek. The Gemara says, um, the Pesach says, in a, right, he says that the water, the area was watered well. That's why he wanted to go to Sudan. There was a lot of rain. The Pesach actually says, <speaking in Spanish> I'll go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my will and my flax, my oil and my oil. And oil. I mean, he saw the women where they were attractive. So therefore, every single Pesach about this. So light was not a guy who was so makbed. So fine. So therefore, he was m'stama, not mechaven for the right stuff. But wait a minute. I understand that, yes. If you'd ask him, would you like to live with his daughters, he probably would say yes. Here's the problem, though. He was drunk. How do you know that he was aware of it? He was blackout drunk. The Gemara says, Hamenas he was forced. He wasn't aware of what was going on. He was uh, he was to the point to be on. The answer is, Right. The Pasuk says the first daughter, it says, when she got up, above that, There's a dot in the Torah. And what is the significance of that dot? It's to tell you, That dot means awareness. That Lloyd did not know when she lied down, but he knew when she woke up. (coughs) Meaning when Lloyd woke up in the morning, he he knew what happened. So you say, what's too late? The answer is, not the next day. The first day you're right. He was only aware of it after the action. But once you're aware that that's what happened, then the next night, when your younger daughter says, let's have a drink, No, so the taina on lot is that once he knew at the end of the first action that should have prevented him from the second action. So that's an example where they were tzaddikim, but he's pashim mm-hmm. yikay So the Gemara says, Okay, so he found out after the first daughter. He figured out after she got up. What are you supposed to do? It's too late. The answer is, He shouldn't have drunk the next night. The next daughter says, let's have a drink. You should say, well, fool me once type of situation. Unless, unless he's interested. may dechsev, the Passock says, <laughs> um, This is now that we mentioned Light, Light and Avram, were brother in laws. So the Passock says, uh, A brother who is rebellious from a strong city, go to the next page, <laughs> and it's, um, it creates a fight like a separation of the door from the castle. In the same way, when you close a door, it separates the inside from the outside. So too, you have two rebellious brothers, but their fight created a separation. What is this supposed referring to? So, akhnaashka mikirias, lazel loish apirish me avram. That rebellious brother that was referring to Lot who separated for Avram, u midyanin kavirah armain and it created a separation, shahith al midyanin kavirah wa armain. La ma amay ma yabi bik That separation led who were Lot's children from the two sisters, the two daughters that lived with him, was Ammon and Mo'yev. The fight of light created such a distance that their descendants of Avram and the descendants of Light can't go near each other. The Ammon and Mo'yev are not allowed to join Klal Yisrael. They're not allowed to marry into the Klal Yisrael even after they convert. And Klal Yisrael is not allowed to fight with them. There has to be a distance between the two. That all stemmed from that original argument. The Gemara says, Right? The says, if you keep yourself, uh, uh, um, if someone uh, searches out uh, Taiva, but uh, he secretly searches out Taiva, it'll be exposed. What does this mean? The Taiva Yavakish Nifred Zed This is referring to light that by separating from Avram Avinu, he was trying to do his Taiva. I mean, it, the reason why light separated from Avram is not because of a fight of the, you know, the, the, the camel, drive. it was because he didn't want to be, it's, it's, it's hard to sin when Avram's around. So, that because of that, he separated from Avram. Bechol is gala, but it became, eventually was exposed. How is Yoshe is his gala coin about the midkayisays about the midrashis? The It became so known his avera, right? If you ask any person is and allowed to join Kalal so you'll say no. Why? Because where did it come from? Because they were the children of Lot, meaning it all comes back to Lot's actions. So he separated from Avram because he wanted to do Averis privately, but his sins with his daughters became very public knowledge. Amar Ula. Now, this, this is a very interesting sugya. Uh, this is the sugya, uh, and there's a couple places this Gemara is repeated, but this is one of the sugyas in Shas, of what's called an Averi Lushma. Now, up, uh, this is not something that any Jew should ever be doing, but there's such a concept historically that great people would do averis lishma, but uh, very rare uh, and not something that we would ever, ever, ever do. Even or before Sinai, no, even post Sinai, but it's not something again. It's not something that uh, that a Jew should ever do. And if a Jew sees someone doing an Averi, you can't say averis lishma. It's not allowed. But there was such a concept historically. The Gemara says Amar Ula, Tamar Zinza Zimri Zina. You have two women who did the same act of, of living with people they shouldn't. You have Zimri, who lived with Cosby famously, right, and that led to the Pinchas killing them. And you have Tamar who lived with her father-in-law, Yehuda. Tamar in and Aviyim. Now Tamar's actions led to the birth of Mashiach, right? And birth of kings and prophets, right? Peretz and Zarach, which eventually led to Daban Amalach. So that 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 was a very considered a very good action. Zimri's Zina. <inaudible> Zimri lives, it leads to the death of 24,000 men. What's the difference? The difference is intention. Tamar, that's what the Gemara is saying right now. That Tamar, might, even if it was technically inevitable, even though the Ramban does under- explain where she was coming from, that he says before Mount Torah, Yibum. Was any two uh, relatives. It wasn't necessarily just brothers. So she was doing even with her father in law. Okay, whatever it is. But, but the Gemara is just saying, Pshat, even if whatever you have a she was doing it for the right reasons. She was trying to continue her, her husband's name uh, as opposed to Zimri, who just was Sam's Nus. The Gemara says, "Amr ben Yitzchak, Gedoy lishma, and Mitzvah lishma. In Avir lishma is greater than even a Mitzvah performed not for the right reasons." Now, before we address that, the Gemara says that implies that a Mitzvah that's done for the wrong reasons is not a, is a very low thing. That even an aveir is greater than that. The Gemara says, "Wait a minute, Amr on the Mitzvah lishma, 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 I thought you're supposed to do Mitzvah Shloih lishma. So how could you say that an aver is greater than it? So the Gemara says, "You're right." They're equal. It's not that avera is greater, but they're equal. Okay. Now the gemara says the What's the pasuk that references an avera lishma? It's Yal. Yal um, in the in the fight of Sisra. We had it a couple of parishes ago in the Haftarah that Yal uh, uh, lived with Sisra. Now that was she did that willingly, uh, but in order to get him to sleep, and then she killed him, put a peg through his head. So that's considered avera lishma. And the Gemara describes how she was commended for that historically. The Pasuk says, "I think this is Shiras Devara." That Ya'el will be blessed like the women of the tent, meaning who are the women of the tent. That Ya'el will go down in history as a heroine in the same, in the same, uh, you know, record books as Sariv Gera'chalaya. She did, and yes. So now again, this is not something we would ever apply, but this was this was a historically uh, you know rare occurrence. And by the way, even with yeah, even with all these things, there are Rishonim that do explain how their actions weren't classic theirs. There are ways to get out of it, but the gemara is just saying like. In a hair, there was a concept, but again, I, I, to, to apply this in day-to-day life would never be something I would ever, 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 ever do. The Gemara says. So, oh, so that's good. So Taisus asked the Kasha. so Taisus in Sanhedrin Dafai Hey, uh, Dafai So Taisus is famous. A famous, a long Taisus. It's in a couple of places it's in Kesubis and and in, uh, in Sanhedrin. Where he asked the Kasha. So he says it could be it wasn't navera because first of all, she was uh, that was considered a rape. Ah, uh, you say the next the last time when she went to Shavita Zahov. So for that he says Karku Ulam, she he was a guy. Uh, uh, that, that's not my point. All those Haterim potentially could apply to Yal ishes cheverakini. potentially. Um, yeah. But it's a good point that it's not it's not the Tizus does ask that Kasha. So the Gemara says, rasha lived with the sister seven times, In the Pasuk, there's seven references of of falling or lying or sleeping or legs, and it's the reference of the seven seven times. As Kabbalistically also there's a lot of components to this. Right, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. So it's not a very lishma. Okay. What about Kamisanya mabila's delay? But there is a natural pleasure that a person has when they live with someone. So why doesn't that take away from her action that you're going to say it's Haveri but what about the Hanah that she got? The answer is... The answer is... what's considered beneficial for Rishayim is disgusting, meaning the action was so disgusting to the Tzadikas, that was Yael, there was zero Hana. Shneema, as the Pesach says, Hashem told Lavan, Do not speak to Yaakov, neither good nor bad. So the Gemara says, I understand why Hashem is warning Lavan not to speak with, Yaakov about bad things negatively I understand Why is Lavan being warned not to say good things to Yaakov? The answer is The answer is even a good interaction between a Russian and a Tzadik is negative towards the tzaddik. Any interaction is negative and therefore Yael by living with Sisera there was zero hana. The Gemara says Gufa the Gemara says that a person should always be Isaac because Hashem rewards even those that are a and it could lead to lushma The Gemara says an extreme case of this. It's a crazy thing. Right, Balak brought 42 sacrifices in order to appease Hashem so that he could curse Klal Yisrael. So, so that Bilaam would curse Klal Yisrael. But yet, so that's, there's probably no greater shaloy than that, which is you're bringing a carbon but in order to annihilate Klal and still, z'achav y'atzemen as a reward for Bollock's actions, even though it's super shaloy he was z'achav like that his granddaughter, great-great-great-granddaughter, would be rus And the is telling us we, the reason he had that tz'choss was because of the stuff. Yes. V'amer because the rus was going to come out of... It could have come out from a, you know, she came out of a, 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 a Moab, Moab. She was a Moavia She could have come out of Ammon, but the zchus that she came out and not just within Moab, but that she came out from Balak, Melach is the zchay of the carbonus. How do I know that Rus was a straight descendant of the royalty line of of Moab? Because the measure says that Rus was a great granddaughter of Eglon, king of Moev. So, which means that Rus was a straight descendant of the royalty of Moev, which stems from Balak. And that's the reward that, she, that the, that the Schos was that he brought 42 carbonas. We'll end with this. How do I know that Hashem rewards even the speech of a person, that the way a person talks? more refined, less refined, that Hashem will reward a Jew for speaking in a more refined way, you yeah, have the two daughters, right? Bechira and Seira, the two daughters of, of Lot. They both do the exact same thing. And by the way, the first daughter, was she was rewarded because she actually did something better than the second daughter because she was, zriz and Makdim, it's from her perspective. But yet, what were the children? Bechira, dekeri right? we know Bechira, the, the oldest daughter named the child Moav. Now, Moav means Meav from my father. So it's not the most refined thing to name. So there was a lack of refinement. And Amr Le So what, we know that Amr and Moav were uh, distanced because of their, they rejected Kla Yisrael. we were distancing ourselves from them. But Moav was, was worse. How so? The Pasuk says, Hashem says regarding Moab, I'll take Moab, do not harass Moab, I'll do not battle with them in war. Meaning, there's a special isser in the Torah to battle Moab in battle. But, you're allowed to afflict them. You're allowed to, you know, give them tsar in other ways. There's no isser of being mitzar a Moabia. There's an isser of war. But you're allowed to be mitzar of them. Why? Because he called, she called her son Moab, that's not a refined way to speak, you could be mitzar of them. But, but the youngest daughter decrees a Ben-Ami that she changed the name instead of Moab to Ben-Ami which is a more refined way to talk the son of my people is supposed to say the son of my father the apostle says do not harass them that you not let her harass um, Amon because, and that was as a reward for the refinement that the younger daughter had to name the child, not after the father. Now, the Gemara so you see that, because the rewards even very simple speech. The Gemara says like this, we'll end with the story. <laughs> A person always be Zrizim How so? The older daughter lived with the father one night earlier. Zrizim. What was the reward? The 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 oldest daughter merited that her descendant would descendants would enter Kalal Yisrael four generations earlier because you had Ovid, Yeshai, David, and Shlomo. So it's the fourth descendant. And Shlomo eventually marries, um, I'm sorry, Shlomo's son marries the daughter of, that was from Moab, the daughter of Amon. So you see that four generations uh, earlier into Klal Yisrael, and that was as a reward of the night earlier that she lived with her father. All uh, right, we'll stop there.